www.healthcmi.com. Hello, I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist. Today we're going to talk a little bit about allergies. The main feature here is an article published at healthcmi.com entitled Acupuncture Beats Drugs for Allergic Rhinitis Relief, published November 17, 2019. We'll take a look at that and have a deeper look at Chinese medicine and the subject of allergies. Starting with this article, hospital researchers conducted a clinical investigation and determined that acupuncture produces superior long-term patient outcomes for patients with allergic rhinitis. Now that is often referred to as hay fever. So it is an inflammatory condition, a reaction affecting the nose after exposure to things like pollen, dander, dust, mold, and those are airborne allergens. And then you have your food responses as well. So there can be allergic responses causing things like nasal congestion. So what are those symptoms? Well, that would be your runny nose, nasal and eustachian tube congestion. So you'll feel like your ears might be plugged up. Itching, that can be all over in the eyes, the nose, the skin. Dysosmia, so that can be problems with smelling. Watery eyes, coughing, sore throat, headaches, fatigue, irritability, swelling, or even dark circles under the eyes, so those puffy eyes. That's all allergic rhinitis. But again, rhinitis indicating the nose. So it, it, it centers around nasal responses and inflammatory responses. Good sample size in the study here focused on 100 patients with allergic rhinitis, and they found that the acupuncture group total effective rate was after 30 days. So all treatment completed of acupuncture, all treatment in a comparative drug control group, 30 days later, 84% total effective rate for acupuncture, and 72% for the drug group. So both worked. Acupuncture got the edge in that long-term result. And if you go to the article, you can see a lot of how that assessment was made. It's not just visual analog scales, in other words, self-rating by the patient. We're also looking at physical signs. So uh, closing of the inferior nasal concha and septum, and many other aspects. So these were measured exactly. So you have your physical signs and symptoms that were measured and opening of the nasal passageways, looking for the appearance of nasal polyps, uh, inability to look through the nasal cavity. A lot of this was assessed in addition to subjective reports from the patient. So you have both. And we do like studies that have a decent sample size, and this is reasonable, 100 patients, and that's basically uh, an issue of funding for a study. And we like studies that have both subjective and objective instruments to determine outcomes, and here we get both. Uh, so they measured the symptomatic improvement, they measured the physical improvement of the breathing passageways, and acupuncture did quite well. Again, we want to get a little deeper into allergic rhinitis and why this article is important. But first, let's break it down. In, immediately after the treatment, the drug therapy group, now they had uh, antihistamines and steroid inhalers, okay? So they took uh, oral antihistamine and they had a steroid nasal spray. 
And that result, let's take a look at that. Let's get like deep into it to see what you can really expect, how many people did better, okay? So three markedly effective right after treatment, 36 effective, meaning some results, decent, and 11 ineffective cases, so that was 78%. And this is right after treatment. Now, the acupuncture group had 37, uh, no, eight markedly effective, 37 effective, and five ineffective cases immediately after treatment, total effect rate of 90%. More importantly, the 30-day follow-up. Now, no treatments were performed for 30 days, and then an assessment was made. And that's where we get the interesting details. So drug therapy had five markedly effective. I mean, those are excellent results, right? 31 effective, also decent, life is better, and 14 ineffective cases for a total effective rate of 72%. There was in one measure some worsening. So there can be some rebound syndrome after drugs. Acupuncture, which is not associated with rebound syndrome, had 12 markedly effective at the 30 day data point, 30 effective and three ineffective case, no, eight, I'm sorry, eight ineffective in cases. So again, acupuncture is not the answer for everybody. So that was an 84% total effective rate. So it definitely edged out the 72% from the drug therapy. But more importantly, we are looking at these kind of long-term results. Can someone live without constantly medicating and feeling well? And that really, let's talk about allergies a little bit. First of all, Many allergies are not a life sentence. The body does come and go through allergies. For example, let's say someone has no problem eating a food like cashews. Next thing you know, they eat cashews uh, on a given year and they have a lot of nasal symptoms or maybe headaches or some other kind of allergenic reaction. The body does cycle through allergies throughout a lifetime. In Chinese medicine, we have a deeper look at the body constitution. The underlying strength of the internal organs will determine what our resistance to specific allergens will be. And also we measure that in terms of something called Wei Qi, which is a combination of respiratory or lung and large intestine, as well as spleen and stomach organ function. So that immunodefense system or that Wei Qi is something we work on quite a bit in Chinese medicine, and there's a lot of components within that. So that is something to keep in mind throughout life, because someone may not be allergic to, let's say, to cats at one point in their life, but then find themselves allergic to cats. And then if they uh, get a round of acupuncture, maybe a, a period of six to eight months, focusing on that treatment, they may no longer have as an extreme reaction to cats, or maybe even naturally cycle through the allergy or have it at least mitigated to some degree over time, either through acupuncture or natural biological processes. So allergies, again, they come and go. This is not just a traditional Chinese medicine view. This is standard biomedicine. Some allergies, especially when there's a family history of allergies, can be very dangerous and one shouldn't really take a chance. So People know famously that peanut allergies can be deadly, for example. So don't mess with it. You, If you want to re-engage in eating a certain food or not have as much concern about exposure, then it may be prudent to see an allergist first before trying something that can result in a severe reaction. And again, allergic reactions can be very serious or they can be very mild. Here we have right in between, right? The allergic rhinitis can be very uncomfortable and, and really make someone feel 
very foggy headed, filled with pain and somewhat miserable, was just getting down to it miserable. So the acupuncture is a component that can help. Within Chinese medicine, there's also herbal medicine. So based on things like the Chinese herbal formula, Kang Er Zisan, things like that. Uh, one of my favorites is the herbal formula or, or all herbal formulas using Bai Zhi. Love that form of Angelica because it is so wonderful for the nose, but also benefits the stomach. So it has wonderful properties. It's non-toxic. It's safe when women are pregnant. So what a wonderful herb to use. When you get into something like Sinihua and Kang Erzu, which are also in Kang Erzu Sun, then we don't necessarily want to use them on a day-to-day -day basis because just because they're natural or because they're herbal medicines doesn't mean they don't have some inherent toxicity. In other words, we don't want to use these strong volatile oils uh, and ingest them on a regular basis necessarily. They are strong medicines and they are not mild foods. So, you know, they're not bland, they're not rice or some type of product like that. Uh, they are rather strong at many times and Kang Erzu does have a mild toxicity. Again, if you're thinking of a toxicity associated with strong drugs, it's not really in that league. Uh, but in Chinese medicine, we would just say not something you want to consume on a day-to-day -day basis. So whereas by jury, you could. So which is why I happen to love that herb. Now getting into the acupuncture points used here. They alternated on days. So this is interesting. They did about four weeks of treatment, uh, and it looks like it was four days a week of treatment for about a month. So that's a lot of care, first of all. Uh, again, four days a week, four weeks. And that's kind of the level of care that may be necessary to produce these superb patient outcomes. Whereas, for example, in the United States and Canada, you might see someone come in once or twice a week. Uh, now, that is a function of habit associated with access to care issues. Um, the acupuncture points. Now, this is interesting, getting back to what I was about to talk about. They alternated between prone and supine position treatment on alternate days. So the one treatment was Bai Hui Du 20 or GV20 Yin Tang. Yingshang, which is translated as welcome fragrance. That's large intestine 20, Hegu, large intestine 4, Guan Yuan, CV4, stomach 36, Zhu Sanli, and Tai Chung, liver 3. Some of those tonic points we use in Chinese medicine receive warm needle acupuncture with the moxibustion. So that was a very nice soothing and warming technique that was used. And that Supine treatment was contrasted with the prone position treatment of GB20 Feng Chur, Dazoi, Du14. Again, that has special notice here because Du14 is really, it's on the back, on the upper portion of the back. And that point is not only one of the most important antifebrile points in Chinese medicine, but perhaps one of the most important antitoxin, antiviral, antibacterial points in Chinese medicine. It's has very powerful anti-inflammatory components. So do 14 dazoi. Now they use three upper thoracic region Huato Jaji points, bladder 18, Ganshu. Keep in mind all that irritability, this point benefits the liver or the liver chi and the free flow of movement of energy through the body. It's very relaxing. So Ganshu is used a lot with things like dysmenorrhea and pain and irritability. So that edge it will take off. It's very relaxing. Pishu, 
benefiting the spleen and stomach there, bladder 20, and of course, deeper for the uh, kidney chi at bladder 23, Shen Shu. So again, alternating between face up and face down treatments. For people who are a little newer to the concept of acupuncture, these treatments should be relatively comfortable. I think there'll be some pinching at Yingshang, which is uh, beside the nose. So Yingshang and nearby Bitong, these types of points uh, have a little pinch going in. So not the most comfortable. It's an initial little prick and that's kind of it. But after that, uh, the reason why it's called Yingshang or welcome fragrance is there can be somewhat immediate uh, somewhat miraculous results of opening up the nose right away. Now, there's also some very, you know, interesting folk remedy uh, sides that I'd like to mention here. So one of them, and this is not in the study, this is strictly something people have done at home long before they could go out to a drugstore and get some type of nasal spray. And these sprays work fantastically well in the short term. Uh, there can't be some long-term issues with toxicity or overuse or habituation or resistance. But uh, what they would do is they would take a moxa roll, which is compressed mugwort, or i.e. that's dried, usually gold moxa. And it's usually pressed into a, a cigar-like shape, right? You can buy moxa very cheaply. It's a smoking, burning herb, basically. And you get that hot coal glowing on the moxa, and it makes a smoke. Now... You don't want to necessarily inhale that, but let's say your nose is completely plugged up and you are just suffering and they haven't invented the modern drugstore yet. So what did you do a few hundred years ago? And what can you do now? You could take white flower oil, which is a wonderful natural oil you can buy just about anywhere, um, probably Amazon, probably your, uh, even in some health food stores, for example, white flower oil, and you drip a few drops of white flower oil onto the burning coal of the, the moxa uh, cigar, and you inhale that smoke through the nose. Well, that is something very special that is... Uh, that's going to clear the nose. This is probably similar to the original Vicks, right? <laughs> Some of these vapor inhalers. So it will very aggressively open up the nasal passageway. So in a pinch, when you don't have access to something like a, a simple over-the-counter medication, you could also use something like this. So keep that in mind. Um, so it's fun, fun to give like a historical uh, precedent uh, to a lot of the modern relief drugs. So that again, the white flower oil of moxa. It's fun to share that. And again, that could be used even in a clinical situation, but um, it's more of something that people can do on their own. Now here they're using moxa to just to warm the needles. That's when a little cigar cutting is cut and put on the handle. The needle ignited and warms and puts deep penetrating heat down into the body, uh, which is, is really a rather pleasant experience overall but also something very effective in strengthening the body. So that's what they do with this. So one thing that acupuncture does, of course, is provide relief from symptoms, but we also work on what we call the root because in treating any disorder, you have to deal with the cause of it and then, of course, the expression of it. So the symptom and root treatment. So how much do we treat the symptom? How much do we treat the root? This treatment, for example, goes after the symptoms with local points near the nose, like yin tang and ying shang, but also goes a little deeper with guan yuan, which is up just below the navel, 1.5 sun, which is approximately 1.5 inches. And that's a deep strengthening point. 
And that's one of the main chi tonic or what we call benefiting the dintian or in some areas it's pronounced dindin area. This is also translated as the medicine bag of health. But the intestinal area must be strong for the immune system to be strong. And this point helps balance and correct digestion and absorption through the intestines. And guanyuan is a very, very important point. Also in the martial arts in Qigong and Tai Chi, uh, that area below the navel is a very important area for the center of gravity and focus and strength. So, and also other points like Jusan Li are on the leg, which also is called leg three measures, is also receiving warm needle acupuncture. So again, the moxa warming the needle, and that can do a lot for athletic performance, for example. So another very important point, treating the root or the cause, strengthening the body on a deeper level to resist allergens in general, and then very specific symptomatic points like yin tang and yin shang and large intestine four to go after the symptoms themselves. And that balances probably why acupuncture has that lasting result for the treatment of allergic rhinitis. So hopefully you enjoyed today's overview of this study. If you would like to learn more about it, see more specifics about what they did, the techniques they used, the type of needles they used, all the specifics of this investigation, simply go to healthcmi.com, click on news, and look for the article entitled Acupuncture Beats Drugs for Allergic Rhinitis Relief. Thank you for listening. I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist. Until next time, www.healthcmi.com.